Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 25-32, called Principles for Life. Now, you can speak lies and you can live a lie. That is what hypocrisy is. It means to live a lie. That's not what God wants us to do. Now, we all struggle with some forms of hypocrisy, and we're all works in progress. Have you ever had a renovation project done in your home? Um, Maybe the flooring was redone or the cabinets. You know it can be pretty messy, right? They go in, they have to chisel away, they dig up the old stuff and put in the new. It's a process. So to give you some grace tonight, it's a process. It takes time. But God wants truth in the inward parts. And one of the things that he says right from the get-go is if you want to reflect the new nature of the God who lives in you, stop lying. Don't live a life of a lie. Be a truthful person and speak the truth. Here's the positive side. Therefore, lay aside falsehood. And what's the positive? Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, Notice, for we are members of one another. Uh, Earlier in the text, uh, Paul said in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And so we're not to lie, rather we are to speak truth. Now does that mean that we have to say everything that's on our heart and mind at all times? No, that's not what it means. There are some times when you need to keep a secret. There are times when you just need to be quiet and not say anything. Because sometimes speaking all the truth that's on your mind is inappropriate, right? Now some of you guys are, you know, thinking about when you're asked, how do I look, and that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's times when uh, you just got to deal with reality. And I don't have any advice for you. I'm just going to move on. Anyway. But, yeah. It's true. So the reason that we're to speak uh, truth to one another is we are members of one another. This especially relates to the church. This especially relates to the church. And when Paul's giving imagery of the body, he also takes that into marriage. We need to speak truth to one another in our marriages. We need to speak truth to one another in the body of Jesus Christ. If we lie to one another, if we're trying to put it over on somebody, we're not doing anybody any good. And so the the truth of the matter is we need to build ourselves up in love. Uh, We have a God where it says of him, it's impossible for God to lie. That's Titus 1-2, Hebrews 6-18. In Psalm 51-6, David said, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. We know in John 8.44 that Satan is called the father of lies. And in Revelation 21.8, it says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. So the positive command, of course, is a reminder that the greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And, and that would mean that we'd speak truth to them. Now, of course, we speak truth in love, right? We don't use truth as a weapon to beat others up. We're always speaking the truth in love. And, and the goal is always edification. 
We're never speaking truth to tear somebody down. If I approach somebody with correction, I wouldn't be coming to them to correct them, to tear them down. What would I be doing? I would be trying to build them up. So some of this has to do with the way we deliver things as well. How we say something. When we say something. There is such a thing as tact in communication, and there's such a thing as timing in communication. So you may want to share something with somebody, but you may determine, and here's where you need the Holy Spirit's help, now's not the right time. But it doesn't mean you hold back the truth, but you look for the opportunity that God will give you, for we are members of his body. In Colossians 3.9, Paul says, Do not lie to one another, since you've laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self as being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So that's the first one, lay aside lying. Here's the second image that's given to us, or characteristic or behavior of a person who's put on the new man. It says, verse 26, you ready? Be angry, and yet do not sin. Now, anger is a very natural emotion, and uh, we are going to be angry at certain times in our life. Uh, What makes you angry is a good determiner of where you are. Uh, It's been well said that when you saw Jesus get angry in the New Testament, he got angry over the honor of his father. When he was personally reviled, he did not revile in return. When Paul's going through Athens in Acts 17, verse 6, Paul saw the, the city literally swimming underneath idols, and he was provoked in his spirit. And you could say the word provoked means he was annoyed because the Agora in Athens had about 3,000 altars to pagan gods. And as Paul's going through the great city of Athens, he's provoked to jealousy for the God of the Bible. When my father is dishonored, I get angry. When a wrong is done to somebody else, a child, or some evil happens, there's a story of a pastor who was sitting there biting his lip until his lip was bleeding because he was watching an interaction between a man who was trying to talk a young girl into prostitution. And he was biting his lip until it bled. He was so angry at what was occurring. We should have righteous anger. There's a place for righteous anger. Jesus looked around the synagogue when the man with the withered hand was there and he was angry at the hardness of their hearts. Jesus went into the temple and turned over the tables of the money changers. And he said, you have made my father's house a robber's den. This will be a house of prayer. There is such a thing as righteous anger. But even righteous anger can turn into sin if we let it fester. If, if we hold on to it and we don't act appropriately with it. So how do you deal with anger? Well, the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It just says be angry and don't sin. When does anger turn to sin? Simply put, when it's unresolved. When does anger turn to sin? Simply put, when it's unresolved. You all know this verse. You've probably looked at it a number of times. The Bible says the solution is don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now, sometimes we've said in our modern way of thinking, don't go to bed angry. That's probably a good application. But, but the truth is that knowing our spouse and our friendships, sometimes a night of sleep is not a bad thing. Okay? What I mean by that 
is there are some people who have to resolve things right now. Let's talk. We need to talk. We're going to talk. You're chasing your spouse up the stairs. We're going to talk. And we're going to talk now. <laughs> and there's some people that are runners. Okay? You have to find a happy medium in those relationships. You might say something like this. It's now 6 o'clock. We will meet at 9 o'clock for tea. That way it'll satisfy the runner and the person that needs to deal with it right now. We are going to talk. Right? There's got to be some compromise in relationships. It's not even a bad thing to sleep on it if you can get a fresh look at it. I think what the Bible's actually saying here is don't let it go unresolved. The Jewish day, you know, the sundown was the key to the transference of day. So you can think of a day there, but I don't know that this is a wooden literal thing. I think this is more of deal with it and don't let it fester. Because if you don't deal with your anger, you know what happens, right? It will fester and fester, and then it'll come out 30 days later, and you'll talk to that person, and you swept it under the rug, and all of a sudden you're like, what are you doing? Yeah! And they're like, what's with you? And you've been chewing on this stuff for 30 days. They have no idea what in the world you're talking about, right? What is with you? Well, in 1978, you took the last cookie. I never forgave you for that. Anyway. I know that's silly, but you get the point. Now, how do you resolve anger if, you, if someone is not interacting with you? Let's go to Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4. Psalm 4. Psalm 4, verse 4. Here's where the imagery comes from. It says... Psalm 4, 4, tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed. Um, other versions out there say be angry and do not sin. Are you guys there? Anybody got a version that says be angry and do not sin? Okay. What version do you have, Donna? NIV? Never mind. Okay, it's all right. Anyway, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah means to pause, reflect, think about it. Offer sacrifices, five of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart, and not anger. More than in the season that their grain and wine increased, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. When you are angry and you feel hurt and out of control, the way to keep from sinning is to meditate, verse 4, within your heart on your bed and be still and begin to offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. We have to take our anger to God and part of what we need to do in heart resolution is try to understand why we're angry. Now, that's why sometimes allowing yourself a little room to reflect and meditate and go before the Lord is a really good thing before you respond. Because we have often responded from our anger and we have made the situation much worse than it needed to be. So you might have somebody who says to you, I can't talk to you right now. And you might want to just let them go and cool their jets. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes what happens is if in the moment 
you press it and you deal with it in that moment of anger and the flesh begins to take over, then all kinds of things are going to be said that you're going to regret. So we need a lot of wisdom here. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. To reflect and meditate and go before the Lord is a really good thing before you respond. Because we have often responded from our anger, and we have made the situation much worse than it needed to be. So you might have somebody who says to you, I can't talk to you right now. And you might want to just let them go and cool their jets. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes what happens is if in the moment you press it and you deal with it in that moment of anger and the flesh begins to take over, then all kinds of things are going to be said that you're going to regret. So we need a lot of wisdom here. So it says be angry but don't sin. The solution is don't let the sun go down on your anger, but it's also tied with Psalm 4, verse 4, which means take it to God. Yes, we need to resolve things with people. I'm not saying to run from issues with people. We need to deal with it both vertically and horizontally, back to Ephesians 4. Deal with it with God and deal with it with that person, but um, make sure you deal with it because if you let it fester, it's going to be an issue. We have watched people probably more out of control in times of anger than at any other time in people's lives. I think of Bobby Knight throwing chairs across the the floor in basketball games. I, I think of umpires and coaches yelling at each other with their faces about a half inch from each other, throwing stuff in the dugouts. Recently, there was a player who beat a phone with his bat and smashed the phone in the dugout, right? Our anger, we can just lose control and we can do something that we didn't really want to do when we're out of control. Frederick Buchner comments, One of the seven deadly sins, anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontation still to come, to savor the last toothsome morsel, both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back. In many ways, it is a feast fit for a king. 
The chief drawback is that when what you are wolfing down at the feast is yourself, the skeleton at the feast is you. See, when we're all angry and tied up in knots and and we let it fester, we begin to let it eat away at us. And we lose control. And all of a sudden, we, we lose the proper focus. We can't see that person through God's eyes anymore. And it's a very deadly place to be in. So many crimes. Some of you have watched those crime shows. How many crimes of passion are a spouse killing their spouse, right? And all of a sudden it happens and it's, and it's oftentimes in a heated moment or it's, or it's over past uh, unresolved issues. The Bible says in verse 27, here's a warning. Ephesians 4, 27, don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't give Satan a foothold. The context, unresolved anger. The devil gets a foothold through unresolved anger. An image that may help us is don't leave the crack of the door open. Don't leave a vacancy sign there blinking for Satan. Tell him no vacancy here. I'm not going to give you room to ruin my relationships uh, by giving you occupancy. The word uh, opportunity, don't give the devil an opportunity, is tapas in Greek, T-O-P-O-S. Don't give him occupancy. Don't give him a spot. Don't give him any room in your life. The handle of the door is on our side. If you open it, he will gladly come in and exploit the opportunity. And that's why we just have to keep the door shut. We take it to God, and when we take it to God, that's when the door stays shut. James says, this you know, my beloved brethren, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's James 1, verse 19. Proverbs ten nineteen says, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 17:27 says, "He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God." So, it's not wrong to be angry, but make sure that your anger is for the glory of God, for for what matters to him, maybe for what Uh, may happen to innocent other people. But if it comes your way, we have to do our best to try to be like Jesus. Sometimes we feel like if someone does us wrong, how dare they? Don't they know who they're dealing with? That's pride. And we see an example in Jesus where he honored his father, but when he was personally being abused, you know what? He didn't revile in return. And so there's some good lessons there. Here's another principle of this new life if you hadn't have enough already. (laughs) Let him, 28, who steals, steal no longer. But rather, here's the solution, so put off stealing. Let him labor, performing what is, with his own hands, what is good. Agathos means what is quality or honorable. It has the implication that your work should be something that's honorable to God in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. Now, have you guys seen the epidemic? I think they said 
In one year, they tracked 25 top companies and said they discovered through shoplifting and employee stealing, these companies lost $6 billion in one year. And it was only 25 companies, major companies. And then there was an epidemic of movie stars who were caught shoplifting. And you're like, now wait a minute, you have a lot of money. Why are you being caught shoplifting? Because there's something in the human nature that enjoys this idea of taking something that doesn't belong to us. And the only downside is if you get caught. And then when they get caught, there's those mugshots you see on the internet. What happened to that person? Right? You know, that person was this sweet little girl five years ago, and now what's happened to her? Her hair's everywhere, her face is pale, and she's shoplifting, and she's worth $600 million. There's something wrong here. That's the old nature, stealing for the excitement, right? Even though I have all the money that I need. So the positive side of what we need to put on is working hard and sharing with him who has what? Need. When we make more money, the implication is it should be shared with others who have genuine need. 29. It's going to get harder, folks. Let some unwholesome speech... No, it says (laughs) 29. Let no unwholesome word... If you have the New King James, it says corrupt word... The ESV says, corrupting talk, proceed from your mouth. But only, here's the positive side, put off unwholesome speech, put on wholesome speech, but only such a word as is good for edification, that has the idea of an edifice or building up, according to the need of the moment. And here's how you know what it's about, that it may give grace to those who hear You've been listening to Principles for Life, part two on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter four, verses 25 through 32. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Walk in Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Sounds easy until you try it, right? (laughs) Some of you are saying, hey, this is where the thing about not going to bed angry comes from. Well, the thing, yeah, uh, this is essentially where it comes from. Although it says don't let the sun go down on your anger, so that means you got to settle everything depending on the time of the year by, what, 5, 6, or 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. You know, the idea really is don't, let anger simmer too long without being resolved. Resolve it as quickly as possible. Now, in this message, we're going to say that sometimes, you know, sleeping on it and letting cooler heads prevail is wise. So this is the idea of just resolving conflict as quickly and wisely as possible. That's the idea. And I know many of you would say, man, I failed so many times. I've let the sun go on my go down on my anger. I've gone to bed angry more times than I'd like to admit. Well, here we are talking about principles of the new life. So if you are a new creation in Christ, you want to apply those principles of the new life. 
And here they are. And you say, well, how do I do it? Because I failed so many times. That's because you've been operating in your flesh. Let's, let's be honest. It's because we uh, often allow the flesh to dominate instead of the spirit. And failing doesn't mean that you can never get it right. It means you've had a lot of practice, practice at getting it wrong. <laughs> now, try something different. Let the Lord take over. Pray before you speak. Let cooler heads prevail. Open your Bible instead of first opening your mouth and then saying something you're going to regret. You get it. Sometimes we need some help, but these are the supreme principles for life. And uh, we're really going to be talking about the supreme principle for life, which is the answer to all of this, all of this, and it's love. If love dominates your life, you won't get a bit angry anymore. Uh, it'll take care of really everything when you're walking in his love. That's what's ahead tomorrow right here on Walking Truth. Isn't it amazing how each of these principles stacks one on top of the other so we get all the answers that we need and how to do it. Tomorrow on Walking Truth, the supreme, supreme principle for life, it's love. It's tomorrow. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing here on Walking Truth. Tune in. Keep us in prayer. Thanks to all of our partners, and we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations, so praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 25-32, called Principles for Life. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.